What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that. Shotgun set. Three receivers left. And here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady and he caught ball. Evans. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record 1,000 yards or more in his first seven seasons and won a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Looking again, looking again. Throws up the middle. That's intercepted at the 30. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Oh, so the end down. Battle in. Intercepted, picked off in the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White, what a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. Welcome in, everybody, to the latest edition of the Salty Dogs podcast. I am Scott Smith. And I am Jeff Ryan. And we are the Salty Dogs. We are. And uh, we are going to have a guest with us. I don't think he's very salty. No. He's kind of nice. He's he's, Everybody's saying really nice things about him. Zion McCollum, our rookie corner, fifth-round draft pick. Right. Um, I know you've already told me you're going to call him a student of the game. Yes, he is. See how he reacts to that. See how he goes with that. Um. Does it feel like we just did one of these? I mean, we did a week ago. I know a week goes so fast <laughs> during in, training. During training, but camp. don't you want training camp to go fast? Oh, it can't go fast enough. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm, I, uh, it, it, you know, it, it is so hot out there, and we shouldn't complain. Of course, because no. we're not running around wearing pads. I just heard on the radio yesterday that this past July was the hottest July in the history of Tampa. I can, I, history. I believe it. I and believe. I'm it. sure August is probably going to be up there too. I thought I don't know what, what I thought maybe it was Wednesday. It was Wednesday. Oh, I you know I've been in Florida for a long, long time, and I no no Wednesday we were inside. It was Tuesday. Tuesday. That's and why we went inside. Yeah, and uh, I enjoy being outside. It doesn't bother me, but that day was brutal. It was brutal. My, yeah, one of the players came over the sideline. He's like, I can't breathe. In yes, this. yes. Which which, and it's someone who has played here for a while. Yeah. So that's yeah. So, um, but, they get, but they got a lot of work in. So, and we do have a cool down trailer yes. behind the Advent Health Training Center. Advent Health is one word. Yeah, and, um, and we had to go in there today. You and I checked. Yeah, I could not believe how cold it was. Do you go ahead? Do you remember it at uh, when we had training camp in, in, uh, in at Disney? They had to, not every year. It was mm-hmm. a few years in before they did that, but they brought in the the cool down trailers that situated in between the two fields, and they were just basically trailers with the AC cranked way right. up and it was cold in there but it was like you know 50s or something right cold. these are what'd you say it was it, well when we walked in it was so cold i went and found a little research 27 degrees 27 it was yeah. really cold i was like i'm actually a little uncomfortable in here oh it was horrible we got out of there right away yeah walked I, in looked around went oh this is nice get out of here but i guess if you're like you know in the middle of practice and which overheated which kind of um takes away the theory when we were kids that when you're wet don't go inside the air conditioning because you're going to catch a cold which so i not, guess which has never been true by no the way. right but you were told that correct you remember yes that? oh absolutely okay. don't go out in the rain you come in from the rain and you get get dried up and get those wet clothes yeah. off or you catch a cold that and don't drink the water just swish your mouth out and spit it out well yeah. that's a good idea in yeah. mexico yeah um yeah <laughs> but there actually is no there is no 
correlation between being cold and wet and getting no, sick. I've, no. I've looked that up. Yes. That's it's fun to look things up like that and then throw them back at your parents. Yeah. You're like, well, actually, Mom, yeah. cracking your knuckles does not cause them to, to <laughs> get large or, or get arthritis later. And I'm not blind. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, Jesus, a family pro- it's a family podcast. Either you here. understand that or you okay, don't. Okay, or let's, let's move on from that one. Or, you know, I had one... Um, I, I like to, and even when I was a kid, I liked to sleep with a fan going. Uh-huh. Um, but my, uh, but my mom didn't want me to run it all the time because you know how much of the electricity. Sure. Was. So I called the electric company and asked them how much electricity that device would use uh-huh. over a certain number of hours, and it was so negligible. I told my mom, so she'd let me do it. So Uh-oh. sometimes it's, it's fun you. to throw knowledge back at your wow. parents when they throw those old wives' tales at you. I like it. And, and you looked it up. You didn't Google well, it. Well, back in the day, I couldn't I inter- I couldn't do it. I had to call I had to call the electric company. I couldn't <laughs> couldn't Google it. I did Google it. I want to run it. my fan. My mom won't let me. How much <laughs> is this costing? Guys looking at the phone, what? <laughs> they probably get that kind of question. I'm sure. Or they used to. Now they, don't, yeah. now they probably don't have to. You no, n- now you just talk to the machine. But if anybody out there, if they're... Um, their parents or their significant other doesn't want them cracking their knuckles, and they like cracking their knuckles. If you irritate people by doing it, it that's one irritating. thing. But then when they try to tell you it's going to cause problems, it does okay. not. You know what yep. cracking your knuckles is? It's uh, letting the air out of your knuckle. Well, there's there's a thing. There's a fluid in your knuckles called synovial fluid, mm-hmm. and the, over time, they they uh, air bubbles gather in there. So uh. when you crack your knuckles, you're popping the air bubbles, and you're, the sound you hear is the implosion of the the liquid into that space, mm. which is also why when you crack your knuckles, you usually can't crack them again for a while. Right. Because you have to wait to for the bubbles up. to fill back. All right. So there you go. How about that? Didn't know you were going to get that in today's yeah, podcast, you? just did don't you? know where we're going to go. Well, <laughs> I like that. So they're out there in the heat working yeah. hard day, day by day. They did go in um, one day on Wednesday because of all the heat. I don't think they want to practice indoors much because they would rather run on the grass. Yeah. Uh, that's a different you're, – you're, you're getting out of the heat, but you're getting the pounding of your, your joints on the but, turf. But I thought it was really smart management on Todd's part to, you know, be out there, be that hot, and they had a pretty good practice on Tuesday. And then the next day, inside, and then they had a day off on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. And then Friday, they were outside. It was the right call today, at the right time. Yes. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And you got to pay attention to that. You know, everybody goes, oh, you got to get used to it. Well, you know, you got to also be careful. Yeah, well, absolutely. That's You can't go into practices like this and practice outside almost every day for three weeks without a plan. And they, mm-hmm. no NFL team would come into this without a plan. It would be negligence if they did. So they tell, they tell the players how to take care of themselves. So it may be rough. You, may, you might cramp. Right. You might throw up. I saw a player throw up the other day. But for the most part, you're keeping yourself as safe as possible. And as an organization, it's hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. No matter what restroom you go into yeah, this know, building, right? there's a little, I guess you could call it a pee chart because it's the color of your urine. And I, really, I, The topics you're getting into today. Can I tell you something? As dumb as that all sounds, it never fails. I always check. <laughs> you know, it's just the way it is. Okay, again, let's move on. From I am. You, continue. You, you really are... Uh, Taking us in direction. But no, it's 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 because that's how you tell whether you're dehydrated or not. Right. And by the time you're dehydrated, you don't know. It's too late. Right. Yeah. That's why they want you to, to hydrate important. before practice. Yes, absolutely. Um, first thing you do when you get up is like drink a bottle of water mm-hmm. or Gatorade. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the other big news, the good news, is, there's good and bad news uh, in the receiving core. Uh, yeah. Neither one of them is probably as dramatic as it could be. Chris Godwin is back right. on the practice field. Mike Evans got hurt yesterday. Mm-hmm. 
One's good, one's bad, but neither the good one isn't amazing and the bad one isn't terrible. Godwin is on the field, but he's only doing individual drills right now. Yeah. He's not doing team drills, and they said they don't yet have a timetable for when that next step will happen. I tend to think it might not be too long. I he runs he, he runs the he does the indies and then when, during the team he works with trainers intermittently but in the times when they're in between their their training sessions he stands there and just it looks to me like he's staring at practice it looks to me like let me play yeah i it I was come a, out there and play with you i guys. was amazed that he was out there that quick i really was 229 days from the injury to his first practice mm-hmm. back which is less than it should be, I think. And I get, I guess, you know, you, it's like anything else. You have to try it and then a, let a couple of days go by to see how it reacts, whether there's swelling, what it, exactly. you know, And he's wearing a brace on the yeah. right knee. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, that's exactly right. That's the process, especially when you're just coming back from, from in his case, about an eighth month, mm-hmm. eight months. I always have heard ACLs are usually nine months, and that's just... And you're not even necessarily full go by the ninth month, but you can get back out there. And start you working. can tell he really put in the the effort and the work time for his rehab. Yeah, because that's the difference. We knew he would, and uh-huh. I honestly I think most of our players would sure. do that. Um, but I do think it's true that some people Fast heal kids. faster than yeah. others. It's yeah. just a basic their basic physiology, and some don't. And I mean, look at that Cam Akers for the Rams comes back from an Achilles injury yeah. in what July, and he comes back in. Late December or January? Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So, but that is very, very positive news. And then Mike Evans pulled up. It was at the. It was towards the end of practice yesterday. Uh, he caught a deep pass. He caught several of those in that drill, and um, and kind of he caught it. And then you, you see him throw the ball, and you're like, wait a minute, was that a celebration? And it's, no, it's pretty clear he's irritated. Okay. And then he went into the training room. Yeah. Uh, after that practice, but before he went into the training room to really check on Mike. Um, head coach Todd Bowles uh, said, speculated it was, you know, could be a hamstring tweak, and, and Mike's had those in his career. Sure. Um, and then today he didn't specify or confirm specifically that it was a hamstring. He didn't say it wasn't, but he didn't say it was. He said he was sore, and he was day to day. Right. So that doesn't sound too serious. No, and and you don't and, you don't need him to play in the preseason mm, games anyway. No, and Mike has a tendency to always seems to be like a you know during training camp he's going so he always gets a little tweak with the hammy. So yeah, I think he was. I think the I would guess. I'm not putting words into his mouth. Sure. I would guess that the main source of his irritation is he feels like he's gotten to a place in his career where he's really perfected his training mm-hmm. and he's in the best shape that he can be yeah and he's at the right weight and that he trains all year round now and so i think it's probably irritating when you think you've done everything you can so that doesn't happen to you and then it and then it does again yeah so okay um so you know you can understand but he he was around in the halls today yeah. I, he didn't look he didn't look no. upset anymore he looked fine we're used to it so you know, speak. when you when you have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin unavailable and you can just go, oh, well, we'll put Russell Gage and Julio Jones Who in there. is having <laughs> – I mean, Russell yeah. Gage, yeah. yeah he's Coach great. said they can't, they can't cover him. Yeah, he's, he's having a great camp and seems to have a good chemistry with uh, Tom Brady already. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Johnson's having a nice camp. He caught another touchdown pass uh, in red zone today. It was an absolute missile from Tom Brady. It was one of those where you're crossing the back of the end zone and you're near the back line. And he had to get up there and get this just laser of a pass. And he, he's looked pretty good. He's probably going to get to play a lot right. in these preseason games because we don't know how much or if at all Brady and, I mean, uh, Evans and um, 
and and Godwin will practice. Brashad Perryman hasn't been practicing lately. Right. So there's a there's a lot of snaps to go around. I would think they'd like to see a lot. Yeah, of, and Todd said that Tom's not going to play in the Miami game. Right. I think is that I I kind of think a little bit about that is because Miami's going to be here coming yeah. up and they're going to be going practicing against each other and everyone says that's even better than a game because you could script what you sure. want them to do. You right. can't guarantee you're going to get the the scenarios you want in a game. Right. But you can script them for practice. Yeah. So they've been saying that for the last couple of years. Bruce Aaron used to say that as well. You can get so much game like work done in those joint practices that the game isn't as important to right. the veteran players. And if I were guessing I would think Tom would play a little bit in the second game. Yeah. Cuz the third game you usually devote mostly to the back half of the roster as you're trying to make your last decisions. Well, but the second game, though, you're also will, will be in Tennessee practicing against That's the Titans. That's true, too. That's true, too. So maybe does he use the third game? Yeah. I mean, this is all speculation because there's such a long layoff between the third game and the first regular season game. Yeah. I don't know. It, we used to have the, the um, progression down pat. Yeah. They would, uh, starters would play like one series in game one. Uh, they'd play maybe a quarter in game two. Right. And then they'd play, depending on the coach, whether he liked to see them come back out after halftime, they either play the first half or the first half plus one series, series in the yeah. third quarter. And in the fourth game, the Stars wouldn't play at all. And they would. Um, and it was all just the young guys as mm. they were trying to decide the final cuts. Yeah. Yeah, but not, now they only have three games. And yeah, we don't know the system anymore. No, not at all. We've only had one of them because 2020 they didn't play at all. And then last year was the three games and the 17th. And I didn't miss the preseason games. Why would you? I know. I'm just telling you. I didn't. I also like that longer break between the last game and the first regular season game. Yeah, kind of. Gives a little g- more time to prepare. Yeah, get you geared up for everybody, yeah. Well, you got to go through the cuts, and then, you you know, you have, like, you make the practice squad, and you get, you get various other roster moves that you're kind of focusing on for a couple days. And then you can, okay, this is our 53. Let's start preparing mm, for let's it go. the Cowboys. Sure. Um, what you, uh, I'm just curious. My observation during camp, at least today, uh, I think the defense is just just killing them. I thought killing so too. the offense today. But I don't, you know. Sometimes you watch it and you think about it, and is it just their day? All you know, defense usually is ahead of the offense. I thought so too. That's what I would have said. Todd Bowles didn't agree. He thought oh. he thought that it was lopsided on Friday in favor of the defense, which it was. Okay. Clearly. So maybe he I, said today was more give and take. I guess uh, I just dragged only it saw over. The gives and not yeah, the takes. Yeah. And Friday we saw it and so I don't see, see every single play. No, no, but when you see two days in a row where yeah, I'd one it. side of the ball's uh you know, dominating the not dominating be, but having a better session. The defense should be feeling pretty good right now. Yeah. Uh and Levante David had a pick and it was real nice. Yeah. He read it all the way, undercut the route. Uh, exactly what he, the kind of pick you want to see from inside sure. linebacker, yeah. rangy ones like Levante. What he always does. Uh, well, be, Levante being Levante. Exactly, except for the fact that I think both, and they have said it, both Levante and Devin White have said that, you know, the big plays that they're used to were missing from their games last year. Like yeah. Levante specifically pointed out tackles for loss, uh-huh. which he's, uh, because quarterback sacks also count as tackles for loss, he's not the number one guy since he came in the league, but, He's like in the top ten in tackles for loss, and everybody else in there is a pass rusher. It's right. like J.J. Watt. Uh-huh. But if it's a guy who doesn't get a ton of sacks, he's by far the tackle for loss leader in the ten years he's been in the league. And he didn't have a lot of those last year. Uh, Devin White didn't have as many sacks, mm-hmm. didn't have big plays in the passing game like he did in the playoffs. Remember how yeah. all the big plays in the playoffs? And he recognizes that. He said so. And he he wants those back. They both want the big plays back in their in their game. So when you see that – 
from Levante, it's very encouraging. And you can tell how much he's beloved by this team because of all the defensive play, there was a, the defense was getting pretty hyped up because yep. they had a string of plays in a row, pass breakdowns and stuff, and they were starting to talk a lot. Uh-huh. But they went nuts when Levante got the pass. Yeah. They were like, Levante, Levante. Yeah. They, were, they were going. Come on. It's something to cheer about. They love to see him make um, I am I am still trying to figure it out, and I guess so so is everybody else, where our O-line's going to gonna be because it just seems like they're – I kind of like it in a sense, though, because – they keep moving parts to see what kind of fit. They're not. They're not trying to force it and say, "Okay, this is what we're going to go with." Totally. Yeah, especially at left guard. Right. Now, when we came into camp, correct. I should say, when we came into camp, we were under the impression that it was primarily going to be a battle between Aaron Stinney, mm-hmm. who had a nice run in the playoffs in 2020 at right guard when Alex Kappa got hurt. And he would probably be the leader since he was the veteran and the returner. And then the second-round draft pick, Luke Gedeke. Mm-hmm. Well, so far in camp, Gedeke has basically run the entire time with the second team. So, to me, I was thinking, well, maybe he's not really in the competition anymore. I think what Todd Bowles said, uh, I think it was yesterday, helped clarify it for me a little bit. They're running him on the second team because the other guys they're using, like Nick Leverett uh-huh. on the first team and Aaron Stinney, they've seen all this. They know the system. They know what they're supposed to do. So he wants the rookie to oh. see the guy who's experienced in the system. He wants to see him do it first. And then he's the second guy in. Okay. Right? Because so, sure. he's learning new stuff every right. day right. in the playbook, right? So that makes sense to me. I don't think that's a – Yeah. Uh, and so he said he said Aaron, uh, that Gedeke is still in the mix for the starting job. Wow. But there's at least four candidates because Aaron Stenny's been there some. Mm-hmm. And then they've also, to my surprise, looked at Brandon Walton, which is not a name a lot of Bucks are going to recognize. And he's been in there fans. a lot. You mentioned that. Three of the last five days. Mm-hmm. Three of the last five practices, he's been going first team reps. This is a tackle in college. And he's big. He's tall. He's t- he'd be tall for a guard. He's like 6'6". Six, six. Um, they have is him. Is he in, a local kid? Well, he went to Florida Atlantic. Okay. I think he went to a couple schools, but he finished in Florida Atlantic. Right. I don't know if he's um. I don't. I, for some reason, I don't. I don't. You well, know. undrafted free agent, probably not yeah. a name that's that's big on the minds of Bucks fans, but I don't know. You may have to learn him. Uh, and then Nick Leverett has been playing there. Some um, he got a couple days running first team, so you know they're they're, they're looking at options. They're adre- Well, they're looking at options before they go to the outside. They want to see what they have in the right. inside. And everyone's exactly. like, oh, there's this guy out there, that guy yeah, out there. Yeah, run out and get J.C. Treader. Yeah. Paradise. And I, I, I like what Todd made a comment about is, you know, some guys don't fit our system. They may be a great player, but they don't fit our system. And we honestly don't know. I mean, I understand why people say J.C. Treader mm-hmm. because for the last five years in Cleveland, he started all but one game. So, you know, obviously Durable. experience. Yep. They cut him. In Cleveland in in um, March, um, and he hasn't signed anywhere. Right. He could still be great, but what we don't know mm-hmm. is what the scouting report that our guys upstairs have formulated on this guy or Matt Paradis or well, we don't know. They may love him. They may not. We don't know. Well, the other thing is you have to ask why the other team cut him. Yeah, but I mean I don't want to go too far down that yeah. road because we could sign one of those guys. Sure. And then I want to be here on the podcast saying, well, why this? Why is he still out there? Sometimes guys are still out there. I mean, we signed yeah. Kyle Rudolph, and we're happy about it. Well, Julio I, Jones. I think also, too, is, you know, if if a veteran player comes in and he's on your roster the first week, his money's guaranteed. Yeah, through the first game, right? But if you come in the second week and, let's say, three weeks later, yeah, we're not so happy, your money's not guaranteed. So Decent there's point. that, you know, yep. which is, you know, actually pretty smart. 
that's a decent point. So. I'll give you credit for that one. There you go. You're welcome. I don't do that very often. No. Nope. You know, going back to the dolphin practices, you remember the old days of the, the, the joint UT. practices? Yeah. Yeah. I think we even had one. I think we played a game at uh, this, what used to be called the, the Citrus, Citrus Bowl, Bowl in Orlando. Yeah. And, and we had some joint practices before. I, I vividly remember, I won't name names. I do know who it is. Yeah. A member of our staff which was a lot smaller at the time. Sure. I think this was probably like 93 or 94 or something. We used to play the Dolphins every year in the preseason, so it's hard to pinpoint what year it was. Uh-huh. He was, and things were a little looser back then, and he was out there on the field practicing. This is not a player. No. Practicing I, I, field goals. I, Don't say his name. I know. I'm, I'm not. I was just. And he, would, he was actually pretty decent at it, but he shanked one, and it went like a like a line drive and smashed against the wall. Uh, you know, by the stands, uh-huh. right next to Dan Marino's head. I'm like, you are, and Marino yeah. looked a little irritated. I'm like, you're damn lucky that didn't hit Dan Marino. Right. <laughs> How'd you lose your job? Kicked the ball in Dan Marino's head. <laughs> so, hey, you know, it, you can lose a job many ways. Yeah. <laughs> Not so sure about that one. Um. So yeah, with the Dolphins coming in, they used to be very, very spirited. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they're as spirited as before. I think the second day they become a little bit more. When they're, when they're hot and they've been, yeah, they've they, been they're irritating like, each other for right, two days. And right. All right. That's the last time I'm taking your little yeah. extra push. After you know this. what? This is, you know, I'm not going to get another chance at you because you're probably not playing during the preseason game. So I'm going <laughs> to take care of it now. There was a little scuffle today in practice. It was oh. very brief. And again, I won't name names, but mm-hmm. it was very brief. It didn't go beyond shoving. And it was actually Kyle Trask who broke it up, which was interesting. Wow. Look um, at him leadership role. But those dolphin practices in the ni- in the early '90s, I hated them actually because we weren't very good at the time, no. and the dolphins were, and especially when our receivers went against because they, they used to have great defensive backs. Yeah. They had a great secondary back then, and uh, they would just dominate us. The, yeah. Our receivers against their secondary is like, oh god. That's when you realize. That's when you realize it was going to be a very long <laughs> season before it even started. So uh, that's not the case anymore, and we've been doing these joint practices off and on for some mm-hmm. years now, and obviously the Buccaneers are a lot better now. And, and so there's a, there's a lot more to take from that because every pre- every play, like Levante's interception, that's great, but it also means the offense messed up, uh-huh. right? So well, this one you can totally outright win a rep or a drill. Yeah. there is. Remember the old TV show, Coach? Yeah. Okay. Craig T. Nelson. Yeah, they were talking. He was discussing with Luther, his, his yeah, assistant. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't have remembered that, but now he I was He was – Telling him because Luther was all excited about how good the team was, and the coach goes, "Okay, you got to understand something. It's our defense and our offense <laughs> going against each other. If you keep watching this, you can fool yourself that we're a good team." <laughs> and I'll, I'll always remember that because that was kind of where we were at in the early nineties. Yeah, and then you practice against the Dolphins, and you found out where you really were at. Right. Um, I like the joint practices, though. It will be interesting. It'll be interesting what level of contact is allowed. Mm -hmm. Like, how hard are the offensive and defensive linemen going to go after each other? Um, They tend to to have a lot of drills out here where they're told not to go too hard uh, because they're not trying to get to the quarterback anyway. Right. So a lot of times they just kind of stand up and push each other a little bit. And they have to wear their guardian caps. Guardian caps, yep. So... Does that mean makes me want to go a little more because I'm That's what some coaches are saying is, is they're like, okay, it's protecting them, but it's making them more likely to lead with their head because sure. it doesn't, not, they don't think they're going to get hurt. Right. I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, I think it'll play out. We'll, we'll know. 
just I'm just not sure. The I guess it's because I think in the first few weeks of camp, I guess I've had research that during the first few weeks of camp, there's a lot of uh, that kind of contact between the OL and the DL and the right. linebackers and tight ends. And so that's why, because it's a little weird to say this is protecting you, but you're only going to wear it for three weeks and you're not going to wear it in games. It's a little weird, right? But I guess the research shows that the first few weeks of camp is when there's a lot of that type of contact. Because hmm. they're just not used to doing it? Or, I mean, well, I think it's getting because, back into maybe it. it's because it's the type of, it's the style you're playing where you're not actually trying to, like, tackle a well, guy or, or beat him at the point of contact. And so, I don't know, maybe that's why. It, you know, there's that, they call that, some coaches call it pro-thud, mm-hmm. where if you if you allow some contact and, like, you're, a say, a safety coming up to a receiver, you kind of give them that, you, know, you can't see me here, but you kind of right. give them that sort of thud, up. but you don't wrap them up, right. and you don't bring them down. And uh, I don't even think we've been doing a lot of pro-thud. We've been just no. basically, like, touch. Yeah. Um, which makes sense. I mean, even, even without doing that, we got a player hurt. Yeah, and it, and it's you know it's still early. You know we're only in what is this now day Second nine? Week, yeah, yeah. I mean so. And and we talk about training camp being over at the end of next week. It's, but it, that's basically just for the point of what you call training camp because they're sure. going to continue right on working right up to the first what, game. Yeah, well, the schedule change a yeah, little bit. Yeah, we call it, well for us it's o- totally over with because. Training camps done here yeah. at Advent Health. But training I mean, Center. at the old in the old days when you were like at UT or Disney, when you broke camp, you really yeah. broke camp, and you had to get all your equipment. I four was one speedway. Everybody <laughs> headed. Yes, yeah. those those were the days. Or the UT days when we'd have. Didn't Sam Weiss have night practices a lot? Yeah, we had three a days. Three a days. You had three oh, a days. Crazy. Yeah. And then, um, and then even with Gruden, we had two a days. Two a days and. 13 straight days to start camp, two-a-days. Yep. No days off in that time nope. period. The first day off was always the Saturday of the second week Yep. after 13 straight days of two-a-days. Now, a few days in there, the second practice was special teams, so a lot of veterans would get a little bit of a break. Right. But otherwise, that's, that's what they used to do. Yeah, that second Saturday I would drive home to get laundry done because <laughs> you're, you're gone for that period of time. Uh, and we also used to like um, – you know, you would kind of look at the radar when the storms were coming through and hoping that a thunderstorm would come because Gruden would call it. Yeah. But and you were like, yeah. Yeah, but then all of a sudden he'd, he'd take us to a hotel and we'd practice in a ballroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you got to get your time in. air conditioning. Though. Yes. You had to get your time in. So Now we got an indoor facility. Yeah. It's amazing. It truly is. It really is a good, it really is a good facility. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, amazingly... We've only used it the once we haven't had to use it because we haven't had a lightning alarm go off yet. No. I don't know if we've ever been this far into camp without a lightning alarm. Correct. And and uh, we've been very, very lucky because the storms have been rolling in. What The other day it was so horrendous here, but it was like one thirty, two o'clock in the afternoon, yeah, which yeah. totally done. You're done by, well, even with the press conferences, usually 1130, yeah. something like that. So that's a plus. Uh, yeah, so... But you're, that's the time of year. Right. It's going to rain in the afternoon, 3 or 4 o'clock every day, every day practically. Mm-hmm. But still, there's usually every now and then you get a morning storm. Yeah. And we haven't had one yet. No, no. Wood and actually, actually, I thought I was surprised. There's a lot of wood around Yeah. There. Today, I was um, actually commenting it was very pleasant outside. It had a nice breeze going. Comparatively. Yeah. <laughs> it's Comparative, a funny day. The blowtorch isn't as high. <laughs> This is this. Yeah, it is a little bit. It's because I'm moving around. Sorry. Stop moving around. All right. I'll stop. Uh, You know what? The kickers have been doing good. Yeah. 
they barely missed either of them. I, it's going to come down to what they do in games. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's. That, I think that's going to be a tough decision. It will be. You know, I mean, really. I mean, it's down to do you trust a young guy or do you say, hey, when it's really crazy, we go with the go with the. Vet. I think what makes it tougher is that this team has Super Bowl aspirations and possibly a pretty tight window when it comes to having Tom Brady. Yeah, this could be his last year here. Sure. <coughs> I noticed. I noticed you said his last year here. You didn't say his last year. Who knows? Period. It's only he knows, and maybe he doesn't even know yet. He probably doesn't because he can go directly into his very high-paying yep. uh, uh, Fox job. Fox job. Uh, but he'll also be a free agent, so he sure. could resign here. He could keep playing somewhere else. Mm-hmm. He's going to have all all the options open to him. And you and I don't know what he wants to do. No. But it certainly it, it certainly would not be a surprising outcome if he was not here next season. Right. So if you consider Tom Brady to be a critical part of this championship picture, which clearly is, sure. unless you can find another really good option, um, then you, you can see how the window seems to be pretty tight. On these championship going for it all. current right. right now championship yep. aspirations. Sure, every team goes it. into the season trying to win the Super Bowl. Don't get me wrong, but you can logically look around and see how good of a shot you have. And um, so I think that that complicates it because, like two, 2020, remember we had drafted Matt Gay yeah. in the fifth round. Yeah, that's a pretty big investment in a kicker. Big time. In 2019, as a rookie, he had his ups and downs. For most of the season, it was pretty good, right. and he had a strong leg, so he could make some 55-yarders for Sure. Kind of slumped a little bit in December, mm-hmm. and then in training camp 2020, he was really kind of up and down to the point where I think they were getting a little concerned. Are we, is he, are we really going to be able to trust him? I think if that team didn't have Tom Brady and um, didn't think Super Bowl or bust, wasn't thinking like that, that they probably would have kept Mac A for another year. I agree. And he's now a pro bowler. Right. But he's also a Super Bowl champ. Yeah, that's true. So good for him. Um, but it also worked out for the Bucks because they they thought, I don't know, we've got this team that's just loaded everywhere, and it's Tom Brady, and we think we're going to win a lot of games, and we don't want to take the risk that one kick here or there is going to lose us a game or two. Right. So let's go with what we think is a sure thing. And sure enough, Ryan Suckup was totally automatic, especially from 40 in, right? So you could totally trust him. Did great and didn't miss anything in the play in the Super Bowl year in the playoffs. Made them all like nine for nine, something yeah. like that. So you can understand why they did that. So you can also see how we're kind of in the same position right now. Yeah. Well, you it, have to just, you have to you have to be fully confident in this first year kicker who's never kicked in the regular season NFL game before. I find it fun when they have the competition because everybody's paying attention. You don't you don't think you know that's eh, kicker. Yeah, how much is it? Everybody's paying attention. Except for the quarterbacks. That's usually when they go to the cool-down yeah. trailer we were talking about. Oh, yeah. They're like, I'm out. <laughs> they're not going to need They don't them. need me for a while. They're, they're, they don't, we don't need a no stinking kicker. We're going to score touchdowns all the time. Yeah. Um, but it has been fun, and it's, you know, it's it's a team sport. I always like when you have to get someone to go behind the goalpost to make sure because you want to be totally accurate. Yeah, we, and then doing the math. Okay, he's on the 37. It's not hard to do the math. Add 10. Then add another 10. No. Well, you have to count 10 and 7? Eight. Eight. Okay. Used to be, that's a funny story. It used to be seven. So right. just for the math for any fan that doesn't already do this, whatever yard line that the ball is on, mm-hmm. just add 18. So okay. if you're at the 32, it's a 50-yard field goal because they you have the 10 yards of the in, an end zone sure. that you cover. 
and the snap goes the N- eight yards back. Yeah, the NFL got smart and moved the goalpost yeah. off the goal line yes. to the back. Most of our listeners probably don't remember when they were <laughs> the goalpost was on the goal line. Um, well, actually, it wasn't on the goal line, right? It was yeah, a little bit, but it was enough that if you were scoring a touchdown running across you route, run, run you could run right, right into it. <laughs> now they use yeah, referees the go- for that. The goalpost t- tackled yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It, it, I actually asked one or whoever it was at the time, our special teams coach, I think this was like in the early 2000s, because I remember in the 90s, the formula was always you had 17. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so when did they start snapping eight yards back instead of seven yards back? Because obviously the give and take is you want the field goal to be as short as possible, but the snap has to be far enough back so that you can get the kickoff. It ha- you know, you got to have some distance from your own line, mm-hmm. and you got to have some distance that gives you, that makes it too long for that guy trying to come around the end. He, right. you, you got to make it too far away for him to get there if your operation is correct. Uh, so at some point in like late 90s, early 2000s, everybody started snapping at eight yards back instead of seven because I guess seven now wasn't you can, good enough you, anymore. Now you can decide where you want to kick it. You, you, you can you, snap you, it you whatever you want. Like, yeah, okay. You could snap it back 15 yards if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have the, the NFL has decided collectively that eight is the optimum it's the fewest yards back that you can do and still be sure you're going to get the kickoff All if right, your operation is normal. But it's even easier here on the practice field because you don't even have to look at the line of scrimmage. Just look at where Jake Kamard is kneeling to hold the kick and add 10 because mm-hmm. that's already that's taking what I do. Ki- yeah, so I just look, okay, yeah. they're snapping it, and he's holding it to 35, so it's a 45-yard right. field goal. The math is not hard, but the problem is you. it's hard to – do this as one person because if you have to stand on the sideline to be able to do that, you can't do it from the end zone. Correct. It's really hard to do it from the end zone. Uh, but from the sideline, you're not always sure if you can tell if it went between the uprights or and not. And they're not really putting their hands up. They're There's no way. That's the problem. Not, that's what I do that. With all the interns, all the camp interns that are running around doing all this stuff, I don't know why someone isn't there going, unless someone goes, no, I don't want to do that because I, I don't want to say it was good and it was bad. I feel like Yeah, you know, I don't want to be responsible for this. I feel like it was a decision by the coaching staff. Yeah. They say, no, we don't want that. We don't want that optic because mm-hmm. we don't want our guys going like this, sure. waving their arms. No. Yeah. But I do, in previous years' practices, sometimes we've had guys. It could just be like a couple of the scouts who are walking yeah. to practice. Yeah. And then they go and stand under the goalpost just like the referees do during a game, and they give us a signal. And then you don't need a person in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Nobody's doing that anymore. No. Jerks. But whenever they, but whenever uh, the kickers are kicking, everyone's attention is, is there. What? You look perplexed. No, I'm just seeing what time it was. Oh, okay. We're at we're we're almost there. We're at thirty four minutes. Okay. Just you and I. Just and then we have a guest coming up. And we have fan questions today. Jeff. Wow. They, we got three wow. of them. Jeez, we're the first show and we're getting fan questions. Well, I mean, I we didn't it. have any for our first show because we yeah. didn't have, that you know what, I always want to say it higher in the show, so I'm gonna do it now. We're gonna get to the questions we got at the end of this podcast, but we'll be doing these almost every week, so you can send us your questions uh by email to salty dogs at buccaneers.nfl.com. And but I don't will, forget that dot .nfl in the middle because it's well, a little yeah. weird. It's not just buccaneers.com. Yeah. I will uh, I will remind you to set the table. Okay, thank you. When we begin. Our our email addresses are really long. Very. You know when you when you're filling out a form for something and you have to write your email address yeah. in there? Or when you say it to somebody they go, "What is it?" and you give it and then they kind of give you that stare yeah. and then you have to spell it because Yeah, if I'm on the phone, I usually spell it out. Yeah. I'm always afraid they're going to forget that .nfl part. Right. Um, you know, it's a lot easier if it's just at gmail.com. Yeah, well, but it's a not. A shorter. Yeah. Well, we'll have to talk to, to the powers that be. I don't think that's ever going to change. No, I don't think so either. 
right. What else? You, got? Uh, you, you know, if you're if you're listening to this, if you came to Buccaneers.com for this link and you're listening to it while you're here, go to the videos and check out the Vita Vea oh, mic'd up segment. You will best. thank me. That is the best. We should knock mic him up every day. Yeah. And then Akeem, and then Akeem Hicks is there, and, <laughs> and like Akeem's on the ground stretching, and he finds out that um, Vita's mic'd. So he does like this real elaborate stretch to prove off. It's really but funny. It is great. And then the ending is totally excellent. Yeah. So good it, stuff. I don't want to spoil it, but no. go, go check it out. It's, that, it's, that's called a tease. We want you to check it out <laughs> on the Buccaneer app or Buccaneers.com. Yeah. So right. what are you um, hoping to see in this preseason game? Who's a player you want to? Uh, I got one if you want to think about it. What do I want to see? Could, give me a player you would like to see play a lot and look good. And don't be something obvious like Mike Tom. Evans. Oh, no, no. I'm kind of curious on Julio Jones. Okay. I don't know if he'll play a ton. No, but I'm kind of curious about Because I, he seems like he's healthy. He, and, you know, he's struggled the last couple of years with injuries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, I because I think he could be, he, I think he could be that, I, I don't know if it's, I want to use the term X factor, but I think he could be that guy that you go to in a most crucial time and and he delivers yeah well the i think i might have used this quote last week but i'll pull it out again and it was actually um carlton davis who said this about julio jones he said he looks like a tight end he runs like scotty and he stops on a dime like jalen yeah yeah i think which i thought was really well done good good off off the top of his head i thought that was pretty great I mean, he's still seeing that. Now, Julio Jones at his peak, which lasted quite a long time, mm-hmm. and maybe he can get back to it, sure. was just so hard to cover because you're afraid of him just running right past you. But he stops and does like an, like an out so, like on a dime, so mm-hmm. abruptly that he can almost always get open like on a button hook type route. Like almost always. Like sure. you can, we need him to be open for these 10 yards. He can do and it, and you can be almost certain he's going to get open. And great hands. Obviously. So there you go. His numbers are really off the chart. Yeah. Do you know that four – did I say this last week? What's that? I think I did. I, think it, I, it I don't know what you four said. Four of the top you... 25 players in, in NFL history in, in receptions have played for the Bucks yeah. or are currently with us. We yeah, did. I used that. that one already. Yep. I like that one. Yeah, it's a good one. But anyway, I saw – Julio Jones, I like this moment. I saw it on the sideline. Of course, you know someone who didn't listen to last week's podcast. If you want to know what we were talking about, go to last week's podcast. <laughs> I'll tell him. <laughs> go ahead. Four. That's why I said that because yeah, have you ever not listened to something and yeah. someone and then they don't you go what what yeah what yeah that's what yeah. it was. So if you didn't hear last week, four of the top twenty-five in the NFL history in receptions have played for the Bucks or are with us now, and they are now I'm gonna have to remember them. Mm-hmm. Keenan McCardell. Correct. Julio Jones, Tim Brown, yeah. and Antonio Brown. Good stuff. If you didn't remember, Tim Brown was with us for a hot oh, minute in yeah. 2004. He was a nice guy, too. I mean, I don't as, really as remember, but I've yeah. always, never heard anything bad. No. I was trying to tell this Go ahead. thing I saw. Julio Jones, I was on the sideline. Um, Scotty had actually just made a big play down the field. Scotty Miller, not Scotty, Scotty Miller. Smith. Not Scotty. So I don't get called Scotty very much. No. My wife Scooter. calls Scotty. Call I get called Scooter. Scooter or Scoot, yeah. Uh, my... <laughs> My son, when I was growing up, I was called Smitty all the time. Okay. And I, it's just cute when I see sometimes my son, he, he came to a party that we were already at for a friend that he played baseball with a long time. And when he came in the room, 
Everybody's like Smitty, Smitty. Oh, so it's it's kind yeah, of it's fun kind of to cool. see him called Smitty. Yeah. But um, baseball people do that. There's always well, I of, had to. Be, there was on the base on the little league team that I played most of my childhood on. We had two ple- people named Scott Smith. Wow. And since I was the smaller one, the little scrappy small yeah. guy, I was Smitty, and he got to be Scott. Yeah. Right. So I was called. I Smitty like a lot. Smitty better. I like Smitty. It was I, I don't get called that much anymore. But um, I'm trying to tell this Julio Jones thing. All right. I'm sorry. So for I think Scotty. It was it was the practice where Scotty made that really great pr- catch down the sideline, and a little bit after that, uh, Julio Jones has him on the sideline. And he's talking to him, and he's telling him, and I'm going to have to explain it, but I'm also going to be acting it out here for Jeff. So, he, Scotty's here, and, and Julio's next to him, and they're emulating running down the sideline with the cornerback in um, tight coverage, or like, like next to him. Okay. And cornerbacks routinely. They'll put their hand – they're doing it in a way they won't get called for a penalty, but they'll put their hand on, like, the side of the receiver. And, and Julio Jones is showing him how to swipe as he's running, to swipe, swipe that hand off of him because not only does they get the hand off him, but it also kind of makes the cornerback um, turn. turn a little bit. It takes him off his pace. So he, he, you can do that. I mean, they do hand fighting a lot. Yeah. So he's, he's showing him the technique of how he swipes the DB's hands off him while he's running. And it just looks natural. So he was showing Scotty Miller this? He was trying to give Scotty tips on how to swipe the hand off off of you. See, I like that because that's a that's a veteran guy helping a young guy. I I like seeing those things because you always hear what you just said. You know, in addition to everything, he's also a guy that can mentor our young guys and tell Uh and you hear that a lot, but you really don't see the examples of it. Is that really happening? You know, is Sounds this guy good. really mentoring yeah. this guy? What is he really telling him? But when you see something concrete like that, you realize, okay, yeah, they, they mean it. It's true. Right? And and it's nice that young guys are being like a sponge and, yeah. you know, listening. Oh, yeah, Scotty was very intent. I mean, you would, wouldn't you? You'd listen to Julio Jones. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't have much more. Okay. But we have fan questions to get to. We do, and we got our guests, so oh, we right, got to yeah. get to the guests. We got to do that first. That's the yeah. next thing. I got to right. go find him in the building. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll be back in just a minute. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast. I am Scott Smith. And I am Jeff Ryan. And now we have with us, uh, we're very excited, our special guest of the week, rookie cornerback Zion McCollum. Zion, thank you for your time. I know you got a special teams meeting coming up and a lot of things going on, so we appreciate you sitting down with us for a bit. Of course. Appreciate you for having me on. Great. Um, we have to start here. We understand that something very exciting has happened in your life. Pretty recently. Yeah. Is it true to say that you got engaged? Yes, that That's is fantastic. true. Well, tell us a little bit about your fiance then. Uh, we met my first year in college, actually. She played soccer and I played football, and we were up there for summer. And I don't know. Just kind of hit it <laughs> off, kind of love at first sight type of thing, but it stuck. And we've been together for now over a little over five years. Yeah. And proposed to her on the border coming in because we drove from texas oh. to florida oh cool. we were kind of taking pictures at yeah. each state sign as okay. we crossed yeah. louisiana alabama and all that and florida i knew i was gonna do it right That's then cool. and there did she know it was coming or was she surprised? oh no she was uh, setting up for the selfie okay and i was behind her already oh. on a knee oh that's cool yeah she turned around and was it behind was it in front of the sunshine state sign yeah the big sign yeah. very cool yeah so that's it's like you're starting your your professional career in this state and at the same time you're getting that engaged that's just fantastic exactly congratulations i appreciate it i'm super pumped about it. <laughs> i bet you are the other thing <laughs> that was an excellent answer just so you know <laughs> just in case she listens pumped. yeah in case she hears it <laughs> yeah for sure. she knows. so um i guess probably another person who's probably excited about that you have a twin brother right oh yeah and he's uh was it tristan 
Yeah. Yeah, Tristan. And he's in. He's signed with Houston. Yep, he's with the Texans. So it yeah. must be. I, I bet you guys talk every day about your experiences, right? Oh yeah, for sure. I told him he almost broke out into tears. You know, oh, just because yeah. I mean we've been together for so long, pretty much every day. This is the longest we've gone apart. But hearing big news like that, he was super happy for me and. He couldn't really even have any words. He was just excitement on his face. Right? How, how's he liking the NFL so far? Is he's he's loving it. He's embracing everything just like I am. He he's plays safety over there, so okay. similar, you know, defensive rooms and stuff. And, but he loves Coach Lovey and the intensity that they bring to practice every day. And I tell him about the intensity we have, yeah, too. Yeah. And he wishes that we played each other in I the know, preseason right? or in the regular season. But I always tell him, you're going to have to stick around for next year. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, you're a student of the game, yeah. and when you're in college, you like immediately knew what was going on after a couple of weeks. Coming into the NFL, it's a whole new playbook, whole new setup. How's that been going for you, um, grasping everything? Yeah, I've, I've been embracing everything, you know, getting in my playbooks a lot. I don't know everything like the back of my hand, but, I mean, that's why I studied so much and studied so hard and watched so much film. And so I'm starting to see trends and notice things within the defense. And, you know, Coach Ross is helping me a ton. Coach Bowles is helping a ton, just putting me in positions and telling me what I should expect with certain looks and things like that. So I take everything they say very serious, and it reflects uh, on the field. Well, he comes from a a family of educators. Your father was a principal. Your mother was a teacher. Yes. Yeah. And your grandmother. Probably a good learner. uh Uh-huh. And your grandmother uh, did daycare. Yep. Okay, just so you know, I did my homework, too. <laughs> so there you go. I'm curious as to what your draft experience was like. I mean, uh, on one hand, the size and speed, and the measurables are off the charts, and, and you had great production, and, but maybe because it, it was Sam Houston State and not um, Texas or something, did you have an idea what it was going to be like, where you might go, that kind of thing? Uh, I had heard everything from low rounds to undrafted. Really? So I really didn't expect anything, hmm. and I tried to go into it with no expectations. It's just, uh, you know, I'm going to be happy wherever I end up playing. And whoever, you know, takes me, I just hope that they see the value in me, and they're just not just getting me because of a, I'm a number. And so I really appreciated that with the Bucks drafting cool. me just because they saw something in me, that passion, and that, that light in me. But throughout the entire, you know, experience through the draft, I was just – Showing up every day, putting my best foot forward, and then letting the cards, you know, fall as they may. Yeah, I know you know where you got drafted. Are you also aware that the Buccaneers didn't actually have a fifth-round pick, and they traded in because they're looking at the board and they're like, okay, this guy, he can't still be here. We got we got to do yep. something. Fourth rounder. Did you know about that? Yeah, when it happened, I heard they had traded to in, go yeah. in and get me, and that just from then and there, I was like, okay, Bucks, like so I they owe, valued you, yeah, right? exactly. I owe them like all the energy and effort that I can give them. Is there any truth that when um, the Bucks were scouting you that they said if they asked you how fast you you ran and you told them and they said, well, if you do that at the Combine, we're going to draft you? Is that true? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. At the Senior Bowl, during our formal interviews, and we go and sit down at every team, I sat down at the Bucks, and, you know, we conducted a normal interview, and then at the end they're like, you know, what do you think you're going to run at the Combine? And I told them, I was like, I'm going to run in the four threes. Nice. And then they said, I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> if you run 4-4 four, four low, we're going to end up drafting you. So don't even think about four threes. Or anything. <laughs> Just start with 4-4 four, four low. And I was like, oh, then I guess Piece I'm going to be right? Now, after you did it, did you give it much thought? I mean, you know, you yeah, like, this is what they told me, but, you know, 
take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, at that point, I was taking everything with a grain of salt. And, you know, that was at the Senior Bowl, so it was still pretty early in the process. And so we'd still had gone through so much more training for the combine, you know, drills and, and DB things like that. So I kind of just, like, had forgot. Because after uh, I would ran the time, everything was just happening so fast. I was just, you know, sitting back and enjoying everything and – so when the Bucks, I heard they were trading in. I was like, wait a second. Um, also, just curious, did, did they call you in college Catch-22? Yep. My coach used to call me that. That's my favorite book. Yep. Explain why. He would call me that because my freshman year going in, I would either make the play and it would be spectacular or I wouldn't and it would be <laughs> you know, pretty bad. <laughs> So he kind of told me that when I was going in that I just needed to, you know, calm down and just know who I am and just play on the field or else, you know, it's going to be – I'm going to find myself in a catch-22. I'm either going to make a spectacular play or it's going to be a bust. Yeah. Did you hear me say it's my favorite Yeah, I know. I did, I did. Did you decide to read the book after you – No, <laughs> I did. Oh, I uh, tell you. I looked at it because he told me, he was like, look at the book. I mean, there's a movie. I mean, it's kind of old. Yeah. It's, you know, it's from the 50s or 60s, but um, maybe – yeah, yeah somewhere in there. The movie um, came out in the 70s, I think. Yeah, you got to read the book. Yeah. The movie doesn't do it justice. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for your next book to read, I would highly yeah. recommend it. I, yeah. I knew you would like that one. <laughs> you knew that was my favorite book? Well, I knew you liked those type of books. It's actually very say. funny. It's actually very the funny. Book? So it's yeah. a pretty yeah. easy read. And you'll understand what your coach was telling you even more. Yeah, exactly. But, I'm going to definitely go back. But now... Um, the book that's most important to you is the playbook. Oh, I'm sure sure. you guys do. You, do they give you homework to go home and do it every night during camp? Uh, I mean, they they give us suggestions. You know, okay. they treat us you know like grown men to okay. the point to where it's like you know what your business is. You know, handle it. These are the things that I would suggest that you go and do if you want to perform at a mm -hmm. high level. But if you don't do that, then I mean, you just won't be here. Yeah. <laughs> so I go home and you know I do my own homework. I, I write my own notes and things okay. that I need to look over. And so I make sure that I do that going into each practice. So how do you think your camp progress has been? Has it been steady upward progress? Yeah, I think it's been steady upwards. I mean, I'm right now I'm searching for consistency is right. the main thing. Very much. So I can't have, a, you know, a really good day and then have a really bad Absolutely. day. Yeah. So just getting my mind right to the point to where, you know, treating every play the same, whether it's a good play or a bad play, leave it in the past and just find that consistency. Yeah, I think that's the right approach. Yeah. Coaches say it every year that – and you see it from some players. Obviously, some players are going to be perform better than others and – you see that sometimes a guy shines for a day and everybody's talking about you for a day and then the next practice it's two steps back and right. they really want to see that everyday consistency so that's obviously a great thing for you to focus when on. you when you say you're talk, you're you're taking notes kind of give us an idea is that in meetings are you making mental notes on the field because when you know you hear that I'm taking notes but what are you focusing on yeah. and why do you take notes so i take notes just because when i go and watch film uh, on my own you know, my notes in the meetings are over, you know, the coaches' corrections or even the coaches' corrections on other DBs. I mean, because I can always learn from other people's mistakes. So I'm trying to write all that stuff down, anything that I notice. Maybe I notice a certain route and a formation, and I just jot it down really quick. So then when I go home and I, you know, open up the film or open up the playbook, I take my notes out, and I, like, as reminders of what to look for as I'm going through the film. And then – I can add my own stuff. I have two notebooks. I have my own like personal notebook and my team notebook. Ooh. So when I go home, I get in my personal notebook and I kind of, you know, write little things that I just see as like a philosophy of how to play and 
succeed. Now, obviously, the Buccaneers have a lot of talent at cornerback. It's a, it's a very talented room. So there's no guarantee for you that there's going to be playing time right away on right. defense. I'm sure in the long run there will be. But um, So I assume that you're also concentrating quite a bit on special teams. I know you're, when you were drafted they said he could possibly end up being one of our gunners. Um, I don't think – correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he has a really going full speed on yeah. special teams yet, but is that somewhere where you're hoping to make a mark like in the preseason games? Oh, yeah, definitely. Anything, any special team, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm trying to make a mark, and I definitely want to, you know, earn my guys' respect in that aspect of the game to the point where, you know, they don't have to worry about any anything, any gun or opportunity, vice, uh, kickoff, kickoff return. It doesn't matter. I just yeah. want to hold down. Did you do much of that in college? Uh, I did a lot of punt and punt and return in okay. college and a little bit of safety on kickoff. Okay. But I'm familiar with, you know, all the jobs and what it takes to be successful right. and, you know, how important it was. When we won the national championship, special teams, without special teams, we, we really? don't make that run oh, whatsoever. Wow, okay. So I understand the value of it, and it just makes me excited to, you know, be able to use yeah. my athleticism on there. Too. Is Gunner a specific spot you would like to end up if you could win that job? Yeah, anytime I can, any spot where I can utilize Anywhere, my right? speed. <laughs> yeah. Especially speed in the open field, uh, I'm I'm gonna want to use it. Cool. What do you th- what? Go well, ahead. we've uh, we said yep. ten minutes. Yeah. You got a means. You got okay. anything else? Yeah, I do. I got one one thing. Okay, you grew up in Galveston, correct? Yep. Texas. Yeah. Texas. They have two football teams. They have the Texans since you were born in what '99, so you remember the Texans. Yeah. They have the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. But you weren't a fan of either one. No. And when you tell Scott who your favorite team is, who was he your favorite? He thinks this is going to blow my mind for some reason. Who was your favorite team? My favorite team was the Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> who are the team we love to well, beat yeah, we, the all Bucks, the time. The Bucks had a long history with the Eagles before they won their first Super Bowl. Is that, they yeah, would they, beat we, us all they, the time. They knocked us out of the playoffs two years in a row. Yes. They beat us in a Super Bowl season, and we just couldn't yeah. get over that hump. And then we went up to um, – Philadelphia for the 2002 NFC Championship game. And a cornerback, the greatest cornerback so far in team history, Rondé Barber, had a big uh-huh. pick six, and we won and went to the Super Bowl. So, yeah. How and did you become an Eagles fan in Texas? I would think that would get you in trouble. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> for, I love to debate, for one. <laughs> <laughs> so, I always play kind of devil's advocate, but I was doing it, you know, like, I guess, like, unconsciously at a young age. You know, my mom, she's a big Cowboys fan. Yeah, yeah. So my brother, he would go for the Eagles. He loved their logo. Oh, okay. um, I kind of like noticed like the rivalry that they had between each, and I was always <laughs> like, let me get on the you minority. You're just starting up <laughs> trouble, basically. Yeah, basically. And, and besides, it's easy to hate the Cowboys. That is. So, who was your favorite also. Eagle at that time? This would be like the 2000s. Who was your? No, uh, he was only Lashawn McCoy. Yeah. Deshaun McCoy, I love watching Deshaun, Deshaun McCoy. Jackson. I love watching Michael Vick when he. Oh when he yeah, was yeah. Right, yeah. Him and Deshaun Jackson both. Yeah. But him, Shady, and Deshaun, like that whole You're a Buccaneer now, so you really can't root for the Eagles. Yeah, no, not at all. I'm, <laughs> I'm a Buck fan for life. Yeah, so. they, that's where you go. <laughs> and too bad you're you're a year off because Richard Sherman was here, and I know that was one of the guys you, you really studied. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, back when he was in his prime, he was one of the corners. He, he actually influenced me. I mean, I wanted to go to Stanford coming out of, oh. uh, of high school because uh, he was there, and I saw, you know, how he could bring intelligence to the game uh, along with his size. So. That's pretty cool. Uh, that's a good guy to – yeah, and he's a really good dude too. Yeah. Yeah, he really is. Well, I, re- I enjoyed when he was here for, for well, yeah. briefly. But he he made year. his mark, didn't play a lot. but No, but he made his – his presence was yeah. unreal. Right. Yeah. 
Well, Zion, yeah. we appreciate your time, and congratulations again on getting engaged. And we know you got means to get to and stuff, but we yeah. really appreciate you giving our fans did a chance to get to know you a little bit. Yeah, I did, appreciate that. Did you have to tell your I thought brother? we were done, Jeff. Yeah, we are. Did you have to tell your brother that, yes, I'm getting engaged, and, yes, she's very special, but you're still my brother? Does he, <laughs> did you yeah. have to? Because it's a twin, you know, so. Exactly. He's an extension of myself, so he knows that that bond is never going to be broken. That's awesome. All Thank right. you for your Thank time. You. I appreciate you. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here for our final segment on the Salty Dogs podcast. I am Scott Smith. I am still Jeff Ryan. We don't have our guests anymore. Our guests no. now are the fans and their yeah. questions that they sent us. I did enjoy that. It's a nice kid. He seems like a really yeah. nice kid. I, don't, I heard all that about him. So I did you? Surprised. Oh, really? Yeah, you did all, You had all of that, huh? But he seems also very intelligent. You knew that his, the Eagles were his? No, no, no. Oh. I heard he was a very nice kid. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. No, no. You, you, you sprung some stuff on me. I'm right? trying, man. It's not easy. I was trying to figure out who... Which team I was going to be so shocked yeah. by. I didn't think you were going to say Buccaneers. No. I was thinking, maybe he's going to say the Arizona Cardinals, and yeah. you think that I'm I'm still no. angry at the Cardinals for moving out of St. Louis? No, I would not bring that up during our podcast. No. No, but I just thought it was funny because it was the Eagles, and you're thinking a kid from Texas, you know. Did you have a favorite team growing up? In football? Yeah. Not really, no. No, baseball, you know. Well, that's obvious. But, but football, no. In fact, I had uh, never been to a um, – a football game until I went to a Buck game. I've still never sat in the stands of an NFL game. Oh, yeah, I've done that. That's fun. Yeah, I bet it is. That's a good time. I guess when I retire. Yeah. Uh, Either that or you go, yeah, I've had enough of this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I grew up in St. Louis, and Cardinals were terrible, the football Cardinals, Uh and it's a baseball town. Yep. So nobody cared that much, which is why two teams have moved out of there, I suppose. They moved to Arizona. I'm like, oh, whatever. Well, I'll give you some history. The you team know, that I liked back then yeah. was the San Diego Chargers. Yeah, the Super a, Chargers. They, they had and still have phenomenal uniforms. I know. You do love those. And B, it was like, uh, it, was, it was the Don Coriel era. Sure. So it, they were the That's, ones. They had a theme They were the ones playing like the way everybody plays now with the passing yeah. all over the place. They had a theme song. The, they were the Super Chargers. Oh, Okay. They had a whole song it was and like everything. like a 70s cheesy kind of oh, thing. Oh, very, very cheesy. Very much so. Well, they also had um, Dan Fouts, uh-huh. Kellen Winslow Sr., and a bunch of others. Yeah. They they yeah. they were a very exciting team for a kid who at the time really didn't understand football beyond the fact that the quarterbacks threw to the receivers. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to tell you what an offensive guard was right. when I was like eight years old. Well, most people still can't, <laughs> but they don't have to. Those poor linemen. Yeah, they don't. They don't get the only time you know that guy's in there is when he gets called for holding. All right, so yeah, we we really enjoyed Zion. Uh, it was it was fun to hear him. Yeah, he looks. Uh, you know, it was it was fun to watch him talking about getting engaged and smiling. Oh, he was smiling he was ear. just like so happy. He seems quite smitten. Yes, which is good news. Welcome to Florida, the Sunshine State. <laughs> that's a cool way to do it. Uh, that was a cool way to do it. I, I like that so story too. a lot. That's why I had to ask: Was he standing in yeah. front of the sign? Perfect. So they, I've I've never done. I that. like. You know, uh, doing done the uh, doing a cross country trip and stopping at each stop. Oh, I'm all about that. I'm all about that. I've never done that. Yeah, I'm all about that. And then I was really irritated with myself because I entered Montana and I didn't stop and get a picture. And I was like, oh, I can't believe I did that. And then when I entered into Colorado, it said, "Welcome to Colorado." And I stopped and took a picture. And as I'm getting the picture taken of me standing in front of the sign, I look across the. St- Across the road, and it says, "Welcome to Montana." So I ran across. The <laughs> That's road. right. Of course, and I know. You know, be going both ways. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought to myself, "Wow, you know, you can save 
stopping time by just hitting it when you're leaving. So obviously with my son in college in Georgia, um, Georgia Tech, uh, I have the drive from Atlanta mm-hmm. back here pretty much. Um, I've done that a number of times. Sure. And here's what I do when I cross from uh, Georgia into Florida. Oh, you speed up? You see me you put, mean, I'm putting the pedal down. Yeah, you, you speed up when you come into Florida. Because you can't – you can go – like 80 in the 70 in Georgia and feel yeah. pretty confident you won't get pulled over. Nah. Uh, you're probably not going to get pulled over. Uh-huh. Um, but you can't really push it in Georgia because there's a lot more. They'll pull right. you over a lot more in Georgia. That's, that's been true since I was a kid. Yeah, still uh, is. And, uh, and But you get to Florida and there's a lot less of it. There's a lot less of it. Yeah. So usually I, I, I'm not going to say what speed I go, but yep. it goes up. Fast. <laughs> really, really, really fast. All right, let's get to these fans. Questions. All right, let's do it. This one from is from an Alex C., who lives in Wichita, Kansas? Oh. And um, you ever been to Wichita? I've never been to Wichita. I have. It's nice. I don't know if I've been to Kansas. I've been in Kansas City, but I don't know if I ever crossed. Yeah, you had to. You think at some point I crossed? Yeah, Kansas? you had because it isn't isn't Kansas City, Missouri, and Kansas City, Kansas? Isn't there a isn't the dividing line in the middle of the city? My recollection is that no, I don't think so. No. My recollection is that the vast majority of Kansas City is in Missouri, but there is part of Kansas City in Kansas, and I don't remember if I... Yeah, and the stadium's in, in is in Missouri, is it not? Yes, it is. Yeah, okay. Um, okay. All right. His question, very short and to the point, where is the best spot in Raymond James Stadium to watch the game, in your opinion? Any seat facing the field. Oh, God. Give the guy some help. Here, How's right? that, you know? Is that, well, it depends on what you're looking for. Um, I'll tell you. So, my staff seats... Uh-huh. Your staff, that, your staff seats. We give away a lot, but sure. sometimes my wife goes to the game. Mm-hmm. She loves the location because it's the very back of a section butting up against um, the uh, well, the lounge. Yeah. The club lounge. And she has an overhang. So There's the no overhang. Yeah. Protected from the rain. You don't have the sunshine and beating down on you all the time. I, and when people come in and out of the doors, some air conditioning comes. Yeah. Um, well, that's true. <laughs> there you go. Scott, give up some of that money and buy her club seats. No, <laughs> she doesn't like football the, enough. The look at the look on your face, like yeah, that. Ain't I think that. last year, I think we gave away our tickets to probably eight. Of, how many? We only had nine, counting yeah. the preseason. We had ten sure. games. I bet we probably gave away to eight of them because and she just wasn't using them. And Alex was off yeah. at school. In fairness, in fairness, I I know I know it sounds politically correct since I work for the team and saying any seat that faces the field, but there's a lot of truth to that because of how the stadium was built. Um, you know, the upper level, of course, you get to see everything when you're on the lower level, you're, you don't get to see, it depends. If you're in the first few yeah, rows. If you're in the first you few might rows. might have a little visual right. block by the benches. The end zones, a lot of people love, of people the, love end the end zones zone. because it's like playing a video game. You see everything <laughs> spread out, yeah. you, you know, and right. so there's that concept. But so much, so, so, so much of the action could end up being happening all the way across the field from you. Right. I mean, I, I mean... If you're going to say, hey, what's the best seat in the house? Apparently the 50-yard line because that's the most they get for them. But at Raven James Stadium, you have, you know, you have the lower the lower bowl. Then you have club seating, which uh, I have friends that, that like to go to the club seating because if it is too hot, they can go inside. You have the Hall of Fame club, um, where, which is a like a suite, but it's open to a many, 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 many people. So... That's a tough one. Okay. I don't think you can go wrong. I, you can go on Bucks.com. Well, 
You can go on, I think, Buck, if you're going to buy a season ticket or a game ticket, you can go to Buccaneers.com, punch a section in, and there's see a photo. The yes, you see the view. <laughs> I remember when we took I those, those pictures, Jeff. Yeah. I remember our photographer going over there uh-huh. and sitting in every seat. Every seat. And taking a picture. That's crazy, huh? That's a lot of seats. You don't think that, you know, you would think, you know, nowadays you would think it would just be a drone. but Yeah, maybe they've back, updated it since then. But back then, then, huh? Yeah, they've probably wow. updated it since then. And there's there's those new seats. The, the crow's nest, like 3,000 more seats in the south end and, zone? And which, which, if you're trying to figure out how that will look, go look at a photo of the Super Bowl. That's what it looks like. So one thing to consider, though, I think, is whether you want to be on – if you want to be – I don't want to be in the end zone personally. Right. That's not my first choice. Right. Um, so I'd want to be on the sidelines. And, yeah, I think getting close to the middle is probably best. Sure. Uh, do you want to be west or east? I think you got to take into account on day games where the sun shines right. the most. Well, you – you you want to be everyone says oh I want to be on the west which is that's where the sun eventually gets out on the other side problem not the problem a good thing is most of the west side is season ticket holders and then it you know the east yeah but side. this is just a hypothetical question sure but I you know I um I mean I think that I got a pretty good view where I do the games I think because of the sun the west side is more a little more prized mm-hmm. right so I guess where I'd want to be if if you if you can include club seats I'd probably want to be Around the 50 on the west side in the club seats, relatively low in the club seats section, because that's still pretty darn It'd low. It'd be about the 110 section. Okay. How's that? Yeah, I, d- I wouldn't have been able to uh, call it out. Yeah, I can. That's probably where I'd want to go. Sure. And then you have the, you know, you have the advantages of being able know, to go into the club. Um, I have learned uh, doing this and going to different stadiums and because of the broadcast booth, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're high, sometimes, you know. Sometimes you're high. Yeah. Um. As the game goes on, you adjust to it. You ad- you adjust to the view. Okay. So, and nowadays... I don't know, Jeff. You still complain when we get to a stadium and the, and the radio booth is way off in the end zone. Or in the, you complain when we go to Washington. Well, you're dead, yeah. It's dead in the end zone. Dump. Well, it's also you're in the well, end zone. Well, I can't see the one corner of, I know. of the so field. So don't act like you adjust to everything. Well, you do because now I was going to finish Don't it. you usually complain when we go to Miami because it's too small? Yes, it's horrible. <laughs> um, don't but, believe them, folks. But you, you adjust if I, if, but you adjust because of the video boards. Nowadays, there's so much action going on. You know, it's live action on the video boards. I'm not a huge fan of the video boards in the new Atlanta Stadium. No. The big round ones that are over your head. Yeah. The only time that looks really cool is when they have the the Mercedes racing around it. Yeah, it looks you like can a do a cool effect yeah. on it, but in yeah. terms of watching no. game highlights, I'm not a huge fan. No. no. All right, let's keep moving. Esteemed Mr. Smith and Ryan. Mm. Thank you very much. Esteemed. This is from Mark uh, Mesa, Arizona. Okay. It was great to see the notification for the new podcast episode. Thank you. Right. And even better to listen to it. I suppose we have indeed entered the salty dog days of summer. Oh, I sorry, like what he sorry. did there. He says sorry uh, for good. the pun. It, you know, the pun's pretty good when you have to apologize for it. Sure. I wanted to share that I've really enjoyed Casey's The Bay video series this offseason. This furthers the recent trend of the media team finding innovative ways to expand the accessibility of the team in both informative and entertaining ways. I think we should have this guy write copy for us because mm-hmm. um, that's that's a really nice way to describe that. Wow. They've all been great. Keep it up. And just so you know, Mark, I did forward this to Casey, so she would she oh, would get the um, you. the your ni- your kind words. She'd be able to see them. Uh, on to my question. Prior to Ryan Jensen's injury, the quote unquote camp drama that was dominating my Buccaneers news feed was Leonard Fournette's weight. Oh. Now I've seen Lenny in plenty of recent video clips 
between Buccaneers.com and his own social media, and he just doesn't look like someone for whom the phrase weight concerns applies to. Should we chalk this up to overblown noise from outside of the building? Welcome back and go Bucks. Yes, you should. Well, I think in fairness, though, when he did come in during um, OTAs, he was a little heavier, and he even admitted that after football season, he likes to enjoy, and he comes from a big, as he said, big uh, jeans. L- big jeans, right? Yes, big jeans. G e n e s. Yeah, not not j e a n s. Not denim yeah. jeans. But and I kind of like that thought. But he did. I, you're correct in the aspect of. Everyone gravitated to, oh, my gosh, he's so big, he's this. And even Coach made a comment that he wasn't the weight that he wanted him to be. But then he leaves, and they have that long time period off, and he gets himself back into shape, and he comes into the camp. And I, did, I thought he looked fine. He looks fine. Yeah. It, it, as he said, it happened during a time when there wasn't a lot of news. No. So it's something for people to jump on. And, and there's, you're not going to like to hear this, Jeff, but there's the fantasy football oh, yeah. aspect, I too. I was listening to a fantasy football podcast, and they were talking about it, and they were talking, should we move them down our mm-hmm. lists, our, our rankings a little bit? You know, they were actually taking, because when you're a fantasy football, quote-unquote, expert, yeah. you're looking for any information you can find to influence how you rank these sure. guys. And so they're taking it into account. Most of them in the podcast I was listening to didn't think it was a concern and they have been proven to be right. Like you said, he just, Leonard just said straight out, he's like, listen, I tend to blow up. He used the word blow I, up. He's, I tend to get a little bigger during the offseason because I have big genes. My mother is, is a big person. Yep. My father's a big person. And I love to eat good <laughs> food. And when he didn't put, say that. No, but I'm just saying, you know, you don't gain weight just because you have big genes. Well, and you work out less. Probably. Yeah. Well, and that's just all of it. And so I, I don't think it's a concern So he said that in minicamp, he said, I will... I will be, I'll be ready. Yeah. And so he did. And so he what was, is it, what is. is it our concern, how the arc of him getting ready for training, as mm-hmm. long as he shows up as he said he would and the team is happy with his weight, then it's fine. Yep. I'm and with so you. really, yes, Mark, it has become very much a non-story. Yep. It is a it non-story. Was, it was put to bed quite quickly when he got here and he's running around looking yep. fine. He was coming over to do his interview the other day at the media tent and he hit the he hit the autograph line before that, and he took off his shirt. Yeah. He's standing there shirtless, and I'm yeah. like, that's a message. Yeah. It's funny you say that, because I was thinking the same thing when, when he pulled up into the cart, and he had no shirt on, and I'm like, okay, yeah. He, he did he, put his shirt back on for the interview. Sure. Um, but i pretty sure yeah. that was a message, because um, it was right by the media. And I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. All right, one more. It's from, okay. our, it's from our guy in Brazil, Alexander Nascimento. Mm-hmm. Ahoy, salty ones. I like this question, by the way. I think he's... You know, one of the reasons why he gets questions in a lot is because he, he asks, asks good, good questions. questions. Yeah, it's a wide variety of stuff. Hope this finds you both well. Thanks. We it are. Does. Hope you are well also, Alexander. Since Coach Ba came to town, we have seen joint practices, and now with one less preseason game, do you think joint practices will become a norm both for the Bucks and the league? Since he did, thanks for reading. Yeah, I think it will. I think it already is. Almost. Yeah, I, uh, more and more. Well, at one time, I don't. You remember when a lot of teams used to go to Wisconsin and? Yeah, and, it was the Cheese and, League. Yeah, I worked for, as an intern for the Chiefs, and okay. we we went to River Falls. There you go for training camp. There was the Chiefs, the New Orleans Saints, and then of course I think you obviously you had um, Green, Green Bay, Bay and Minnesota. I think sure. the Vikings were nearby, so yeah. there were four teams, and they called it the Cheese League. And I think, uh, yeah, I I think because of the preseason games. Um, I think your veterans get better work during the practices and then the preseason games gives coaches and scouts and everybody an opportunity to see 
who else they need to put on the team. Because if you have veterans, you pretty much know that's the guy I'm keeping. Now it's that backside of the roster that you have to see. The other thing that the, the, the other advantage of the joint practice is you got two fields going. So your mm-hmm. your offense, your first and second team. Well, wait. No, you're, you're right. Your, your offense and defense are going at the same time. I get you, first twice, te- first twice the work. Yes, in a short period of t- in the same amount of time. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I do think it's going to become the norm, and it's it's already trending that way. We're far from the only team doing this. I've yeah. seen lots of. I I like it better when when um, when we go away because I like I like to go see other facilities, how yeah. they handle things, what they're doing. Yeah, we, we're going to Tennessee. We've already yeah. seen that one because we've done this with yeah. them before. And so it makes it, it, it it's just a little more fun that way. I think those joint I think the coaches love them for the reasons we stated that you can script the the scenarios that you want. Yep. And I don't know why you, those would go away, especially since there's one fewer preseason game. I don't have any good reason why teams would stop doing that. So yeah, unless there, you know, I suppose there could be a team out there that coaches really don't like them, and if they're on your preseason schedule, because you always connect it with, yeah, yeah. with the game you're going to play. Yeah, you're not going to practice against somebody and not so play them in the So if preseason. we're playing, you know, the Bengals and they don't want to do it, then you can't. But yeah. otherwise, I think most teams are willing, and I think it's going to continue. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a good trend. All right, that's it, Jeff. That's it? Wow, we did really well today. It was fun. <laughs> so we have to figure it out next week before we leave. We'll have another one. And I have to figure no, we're out. not leaving next week. Next week's Miami. Yeah, I know. But after that, then I have to figure, figure it out. I have to figure out how we'll do one from, uh, from Nashville. Got to give the All fans right. what they want. That's it. Always. Since you did. Thanks for listening. <laughs>